about your psalms, talk about John 3.16. Austin 3.16 says I just whipped your ass. You can call this the new world order of wrestling, brother. Hi everyone, this is Neil Pruitt from Neil Pruitt's Secrets of WCW Nitro. You may have heard this voice before, the New World Order. I was the producer and the voice for the New World Order. You're listening to the Wrestling Basement Podcast. This podcast has not been sanctioned by the New World Order. Hey everyone, this is Guy Evans, author of Nitro, The Incredible Rise and Inevitable Collapse of Ted Turner's WCW, and you are listening to the Wrestling Basement Podcast. Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report, Fan Sighted, Daily DDT, my man, how you doing? Doing great, Randy, how about yourself? Doing good, man, can't complain. Uh, We are about to wrap up the month of July, head into the month of August, so you know what that means. SummerSlam stuff. <laughs> so SummerSlam time. SummerSlam. It, it'll be different this year, though. I'll tell you that much. Um, no longer in Boston. Kind of obvious about that. We'll see where they decide to host the event. I know me and you are fans of having SummerSlam not in the PC, more so outside, outdoors, on the beach, somewhere private. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Hopefully they had the same ideas that me and you have because, uh, you know, we, we, we've seen too many, too many stuff going on in the PC, but I think it'll be a different look, especially with the summertime uh, coming to an end soon uh, that we could see SummerSlam outdoors. But um, I took today to, for me and you to really talk about the legacy and the impact of SummerSlam. I think SummerSlam will make its 32nd um, anniversary this uh this upcoming SummerSlam, so this would be the the thirty second annual SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 there is a lot of SummerSlams for me to for me to go through as far as favorite moments and matches and uh, different highlights over the course of three decades. So um, you can follow Graham real quick on Twitter at WrestleRant. Great work again for Bleacher Report and Fan Sided Daily DDT. You can find me at Randy J Cruz R E N D Y the letter J C R U Z. And the podcast is always available on the Cruise Control Podcast Network on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, so, Graham, SummerSlam, part of the Big Four, first one in 1988 at the Garden. I'm going to give some little stats for those who might not know it um, offhand. But um, what was the first SummerSlam you remember watching? 
Well, I mean, obviously my answer is going to be a lot different than yours. Right. Um, just because as I've said before <laughs> here on the show, I didn't start watching until 2008. So mm. um, I didn't watch it that year. I didn't watch my first SummerSlam until 2011, I think, was the first time I actually – I don't even know if I ordered it. I think I just found it online or something. Wow. Um, <laughs> but it was a good show, though. That was – I mean, that was the first, the, the first SummerSlam I watched as a fan. Mm. And then I've seen them all. I mean, obviously, we've been over this before, but I've gone back and watched every SummerSlam in the network. Some I'll rewatch more than others. Mm. Uh, for example, I love SummerSlam 02. I think that's still, to this day, one of the greatest pay-per-views. Not just SummerSlams, but one of the greatest pay-per-views they've ever done. Um, that was a great show. Some of the early ones were a lot of fun. The 92 one is also a great show in England mm. um, with the Bret Hart British Bulldog main event. Um, but yeah, 2011 was the first one that I watched as a fan. And then actually SummerSlim holds a very special place in my heart because it was the first pay-per-view I actually ever attended for WWE. Um, SummerSlim 2015 was in our neck of the woods. So you're from New York. I'm from Connecticut. But, you know, it's from around here in New York. It was mm -hmm. at the Barclays Center. Um, had a great time. It was a great show. Um, I was there the following year as well. I didn't go in 2017 or 2018, but I did go to those two SummerSlams back-to-back. And both shows were a lot of fun. So uh, SummerSlim in my for, for me, holds a very special place in my heart. You know, people love the Rumble. I love the Rumble. WrestleMania, even Survivor Series is cool. Um, but I always look forward to SummerSlam for, you know, the great matches and moments that it usually delivers on. So we'll get to the brunt of um, SummerSlam stuff in a second. But you mentioned 2011 was the first one you saw. So real quick, for those who don't recall 2011 SummerSlam, you know, <laughs> including me, um, you had Dolph against uh, Alex Riley. Morrison, Kofi, and Rey Mysterio defeated R-Truth, The Miz, and Del Rio. Mark Henry beat Sheamus. Kelly Kelly beat Beth Phoenix. Wade Barrett beat Daniel Bryan. Randy Orton beat Christian. CM Punk defeated John Cena. And Del Rio cashed in on CM Punk and became the world champion. So that was the first SummerSlam you saw, 2011. Yeah, it was a good show. And at the end, yeah, Del Rio beat Punk to win the championship. It was uh, the cash-in. Kevin, mm -hmm. uh, Kevin Nash came back. Like, I mean, it was a cool moment at the time, but the storyline yeah. was terrible in the end. <laughs> um, but the, the Punk and Cena match, which was a rematch from what we talked about recently here on the show, mm -hmm. uh, was from Punk and Cena from Money in the Bank a month earlier. So that was a big reason why I wanted to watch the show, just because there was a lot of excitement going into that title for title quote-unquote main event because punk was champion still cena had a, a like a interim championship type thing del rio cashes in um that christian orton match was awesome that's one of the best matches in their feud it was a great match um edge made a cameo on the show that barrett brian match was very good as well it was actually a very good show not my favorite SummerSlam, i'd say um, but it was a very good show on paper though so the the background for SummerSlam for those who don't know uh, I spent some time on it right now. Um, so back in 83, when the NWA created Starcade, you know, McMahon had to create his own big-time show, which became WrestleMania in 1985. So Crockett sold NWA to Ted Turner following that, which later became WCW. Um, McMahon would have WrestleMania in March, but of course he wanted to expand and have more big-time shows, which led to the debut of Survivor Series in 1987, November of 87. Then came the Royal Rumble in January of 88. And then lo and behold, we get the first ever SummerSlam in August of 1988. Um, 
So, which, you know, while that is happening, WCW, you know, they want to air a show every month now, which later later on, both companies had a show every month. So, back then, you had Mania, Rumble, Survivor Series, and SummerSlam, what, every every three, four months. Mm-hmm. Um, no shows in between, like no no big-time pay-per-views in between. So, that was, that's all you were getting back in the day. Um, the first SummerSlam was August 29th, 1988 at the Garden. I uh, I remember that I did not see it live. I was five at the time, showing my age. Um, and I remember seeing the Warrior beat Honky Tonk Man for the Intercontinental Championship. Honky Tonk Man at the time had the longest reign as the Intercontinental Champion. And he was supposed to fight somebody. I forgot who it was. And oh, um, it was, uh, what's his name? Um, it was uh, the fucking barber. He was supposed to Beefcake. face the barber, but the barber got hurt or something. Or maybe that was afterward. But it was maybe it was his storyline thing. But he was supposed to face right. um, the barber. God, what's his name? I'm Brutus, blanking here. I know Beefcake. his name, but I don't remember the Beefcake. moment. Brutus Beefcake. Brutus Beefcake. Brutus there you Beefcake. go. Yep. Brutus the barber. Um, so yeah. So the honky tonk man was gonna fight uh, the uh, beefcake. As you mentioned, the storyline didn't happen. He said, I'll, I'll fight anybody. Fucking Warrior comes out. Music hits. He's running. 30 seconds flat. New Intercontinental Champion. And that was like the first um, thing I remember from that SummerSlam. Um, then the main event was the Mega Powers and with, with, with Hogan and Savage against the Mega Bucks, DiBiase, and Andre the Giant. And then you... Fast forward 32 years later, we're here at, at SummerSlam now. So, um, what's the what's the overall impact? Everybody talks about SummerSlam is pretty much like a WrestleMania in the summertime. So, mm-hmm. um, depends depends on who you ask. Everybody has WrestleMania number one, but like you you know, and some look at the Rumble as a very important show too. But most would say SummerSlam is number two, even though it was the fourth created show. Do you look at SummerSlam behind WrestleMania as the second most important show for them during the year or the second best show they have during the year? Uh, it's it's so tough, dude, because you mentioned how it is the <laughs> WrestleMania of the summer, and it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I w- obviously Survivor Series is four. I mean, that's almost indisputable unless you really have a strong connection to Survivor Series. The Rumble, if you ask most people, they will say the Rumble is two just because of the Rumble match and, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that the, the surprises that stem from it. Um, I would have to say SummerSlam is three. Just because I think more people look forward to the Rumble just because even though the match in recent years has not been great. I mean, this year's was great. A couple of years ago in Philly when I was there, it was a great match too. Uh, But there have been a couple of stinkers for the Rumble in the last 10 years or so. But people Mm. still look forward to it because it's the Royal Rumble. Um, I do know people who have not looked forward to SummerSlam, which there actually have been a couple of very good SummerSlam shows in the last few years. But there's no gimmick attached to it. Like even Survivor Series has the Survivor Series Elimination Tag Team match. Mm-hmm. I don't think a show needs a, a, a gimmick in order to be special, in my opinion, just because I think the lineage, as you mentioned, for this show speaks for itself. But there's no, oh, it's going to host the Elimination Chamber match or, oh, it's going to host the Money in the Bank or whatever. There's really nothing all that special about SummerSlam on paper to a new viewer, aside from just the history of the show. 
So I would say it's number three in the pecking order, although mm. I still, again, I'm partial to SummerSlam. I love the show. I always look forward to it. But if you ask me to rank the top four pay-per-views, the big four, it would probably be WrestleMania, Rumble, then SummerSlam, then Survivor Series. Uh, I think I would go... I would go WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series. I think Survivor okay. Series I mean, is... There really isn't a wrong answer. Unless right. you say Survivor Series is number one, then I don't know what you're smoking. But other than that, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, listen, I like Survivor Series, but it's been so abused more than the other three that there's no way that can be number one for anyone. If you look forward to Survivor Series more than WrestleMania and the Rumble and SummerSlam, there's probably something wrong with you. But otherwise, I think there really is no wrong answer with that uh, with that ranking. Right. All right. So let, let, let's stay right there. Let's have some fun. So, okay. Not counting WrestleMania, your favorite moments in wrestling history, or some of the biggest moments that had that that uh, have happened in wrestling, aside from WrestleMania, do do you think they come from SummerSlam, Rumble, or Survivor Series? The most, um, they do, they do. Um, I mean, yeah, Survivor Series, yeah. So. I mentioned earlier that SummerSlam 02 is one of my favorite pay-per-views. And that is saying something just because, again, I started watching in 08. So for people to say, oh, you know, I enjoyed this moment before I started watching says a lot because I wasn't there for it. I wasn't watching live. That's how much that show resonates with me. Next to SummerSlam, though, is actually Survivor Series 02. I think that show is amazing. It took place at the Garden, first ever Elimination Chamber match. Um, Just a a, a top-to-bottom amazing event, one of the best they've ever done. So, yeah, I, I, there's a lot of Survivor Series moments that come to mind. Sting's debut in 2014 I thought was amazing, um, in, in, in addition to Dolph Ziggler's win that evening. Um, the debut of The Shield a couple of years before that, there was the Montreal Screwjob in 97. Um, Deadly Games, the Deadly Games tournament, I actually rewatched that a couple of weeks ago and loved it from 98. Um, the Alliance Invasion storyline from 01 Survivor Series was cool. So they're actually, for, for Survivor Series... There hasn't been a lot of like memorable moments from the show in the last, I would say, decade maybe. Um, but there have been, you know, a handful. I think there was, you know, the debut of Sting, and mm. I thought that was a great moment. Um, even this year's Survivor Series, I thought was great. The brand warfare stuff was actually really well done. Um, didn't really care too much for Goldberg beating Brock in like 90 seconds a couple of years ago, but that's a moment as well from 2016. SummerSlam, I would say there's more, though. Um, there's been better shows, better moments, better matches. Um, I thought last year's SummerSlam was cool. I thought it was a very, very good show. Um, one of my favorite matches ever in the company's history, Cena and Styles 2, mm-hmm. took place actually at SummerSlam 2016. Okay. And that's an amazing match. Um, the 2015 match with Rollins and Cena, title for title, champion versus champion. Incredible match, incredible uh, moment with Rollins winning both belts. I'm trying to think. Uh, Del Rio's cash-in was, you know, whatever. It was a good show. <laughs> um, Punk and Cena 2 was great. Um, we mentioned before we went on the air, Edge and Taker from SummerSlam 08, the Hell in the Cell match. One of the last truly great Hell in the Cell matches they've ever done took place at that show. Um, so, yeah, again, there's been a lot of great moments from both shows. If I had to choose one, I would choose SummerSlam. But Survivor Series has had a, a lot more, a, a, some better moments than people will give it credit for. All right, so let's go here. Um, so you would say on record that the greatest SummerSlam pay-per-view goes to 2002, right? Honestly, I would have to. I think I would. I mean, I would have to go back and rewatch every one, which I actually did about five, six years ago to review each one. 92 was a great show as well. So I think... 
if I really had to think about like the best SummerSlam shows they've ever done, O2 would probably take the cake just because I think it's a perfect pay-per-view from top to bottom. Uh, 92, I don't know if you could say the same thing about that show, although it is a great show. I don't know if it's as perfect. Um, but yeah, it would probably be O2, 92. Um, mm. 2011 was a very good show. And again, that's my first one, so I'm biased, but mm. I thought that was a good show as well. Maybe top 10. Yeah, I would. I think O2 and, and 92 come to mind, unless there's one that I'm not thinking of. I know there were some good ones in the late 90s and mid-90s. There were some decent ones. Maybe the early ones just for nostalgia. But for me, if you had to ask me, I would probably say O2 and then 92 was a close second. All right, so O2, we had Spike Dudley uh, beating Steven Richards. Kurt Angle beat Rey Mysterio. Ric Flair beat Chris, uh, Jericho. Edge beat uh, Eddie Guerrero. The Un-Americans defeated Booker T and Goldust. RVD defeated Benoit. Taker beat Test. Sean beat Triple H. Brock beat The Rock for the world title. Hmm. Dude, it's a great card. I mean, if you watch it, it's as good as it sounds. Like, Brock and Rock was a great main event. All the undercard matches were very good to great. Kurt Angle and Rey Mysterio, to most people, is still one of the greatest openings in pay-per-view history. And it was on that show. Um, yeah, Brock and Rock was awesome. I'm surprised we never got a rematch. I know they were going to do it a couple of years ago, but they just couldn't do various you know scheduling conflicts and whatever. But that match, um, yeah, just the whole show. And then Shawn Michaels and Triple H is also one of my favorite matches of all time. The unsanctioned match also took place on that show as well. So again, I think top to bottom, there really isn't a bad match on the show, except for maybe Taker and Test. Like, who gives a shit about Test? But like, especially by O2. But overall, I thought it was a very good show. All right, so I'm I'm a, I'm gonna leave '92 to the side for a second. You mentioned Sean and and, and and Hunter. Um, yeah, Sean and Hunter. Um, so that's that storyline with Sean coming back and they do the unsanctioned match with him and him and uh, Hunter, uh, which was not the main event. So now you have those two guys for the first time going at it one on one. This is kind of like their big time rivalry. Um. But are, as a fan, are you shocked that these two guys, while being at a Royal Rumble or Survivor Series or SummerSlam, um, that these two guys never had a one-on-one at a WrestleMania? Yeah, just because I think we've discussed this before, but they had a very good feud. It's actually one of my favorite feuds as a fan. And again, that's saying something just because I wasn't watching at that point. But I thought Michaels and Triple H, for the near two years that that feud lasted for, from 02 to 04, had some great matches, moments, whatever. None of those moments happened out of WrestleMania. Actually, I take that back because they did kind of have a, a match at WrestleMania, but it was at 20, and it was with Benoit. It just wasn't one-on-one. If you take Benoit out of the equation, they probably would have had their one-on-one match on that show. Mm -hmm. Um, So at least they got to be in the same match at a WrestleMania, which is better than nothing. But yeah, I am a little surprised we never got a one-on-one match between the two, Um, specifically at like 19 when... So Sean won the bill at Survivor Series 02 inside Elimination Chamber from Triple H. Triple H beat him for the bill literally the next month, which was bizarre, but that's what they did. 
And you would think, okay, maybe Sean wins the Rumble or they put him back in chase mode and he wins it back. Sean not only never won the belt back from Triple H, he never won another world championship again for the next eight years. Now, again, the internet wasn't as strong back then as it is now. But that's like saying Daniel Bryan comes back from injury when he did a year or two ago. And for the next eight years, he never wins another world championship. You know how many people would be complaining online about like, oh, give Bryan the title. and like. You know, obviously he deserves it. Sean deserves it. But I guess Sean never really thought it was all that necessary to, for him to hold the world championship because he in and himself, as dumb as this sounds, was kind of like a world title. He was an attraction all on his own. Um, but yeah, anyway, going back to my original point, you could have done Sean and Triple H with Sean back in chase mode going into WrestleMania 19. That would have erased that dumb, you know, mediocre match of Triple H and Booker T, which Triple H won, which he should not have won. But then it also would have deprived of us. Uh, it would have deprived us of Shawn Michaels versus Chris Jericho, which was one of the all-time great WrestleMania matches too. So I think work. I think things worked out well for a reason. Um, they worked out nicely as they did. But uh, yeah, I am a little surprised we never got it one and one in WrestleMania. And I think it's very, uh, very important to note that you, the two SummerSlams you mentioned, '92 uh, and '02 pretty much arguably have two of the top five, at least uh, top ten matches in the show's history with Sean and uh, Triple H in the unsanctioned match, and then you have Brett and the Bulldog in the main event mm-hmm. at SummerSlam for the Intercontinental Championship. The only time the IC belt has ever been in the main event, I think, for any show. Um, um, well, it has been for at least one other that I know of, but it's definitely one of the few. Okay, but damn, you're right. I think probably one other time, Icy Bell has been the main event. I'm, I mean, like a, I'm, I'm talking about like, like a SummerSlam, uh, oh, WrestleMania yeah. Rumble. That's the Survivor, only one. Yeah. I know. I know Dolph did it a couple of years ago with um, mm-hmm. Seth at like Extreme Rules. But yeah, for a big four pay per view, right. I think it's the only one. Yeah, and I think people need to look at '92 because I, I think I mentioned to you or Brian Shields or somebody back in the day like. I for me, I look at SummerSlam '92 to be likely the most important SummerSlam they had mm-hmm. um, for many reasons. One, outdoors, getting eighty thousand people coming to to your to your event, and it was what in it now was in the top four of the most people um, for a live event for for mm-hmm. them. So you have SummerSlam '92, you got WrestleMania '29. You got WrestleMania three and WrestleMania thirty two, um, mm. so eighty thousand people coming to see SummerSlam ninety two in a different country, and you had the IC belt being defended in the main event, and to me, that show is the end of the golden era. So you you, you know your Hogan's and I know I know Macho and Warrior was was on the card. But after that, you're not seeing too much of Warrior Macho. Hogan had left prior. You're getting the new upstart with Shawn Michaels uh, as a singles guy. Undert- mm-hmm. uh, Undertaker. You know, Bret Hart is still there in, in, in the main event. So you start, start to see the shift and the turn of the company. And I think 92 SummerSlam and it's the golden era. And they begin the new generation era a little bit after that. So... Um, as a totality of a show, top to bottom, you say, uh, could it be the, the the best SummerSlam of all time? 
I'm going to read you the card and you're going to tell me, would you rather see that or would people rather see 2002? So you have... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Real quick. The Bushwhackers and Hacksaw beat the Mountie and the Nasty Boys. Papa Shango beat Tito Santana. Uh, Legion of Doom beat Money, Inc. Nails defeated Virgil. Rick Martel beat Shawn Michaels. I'm sorry, a, a, a double counter with Shawn Michaels. The Natural Disasters beat the Beverly Brothers. Crush beat the Repo Man. The Warrior beat Macho by a countout for the, for the world title. Taker beat Kamala. Tatanka beat the Berserker. And the British Bulldog beat Bret Hart. Now, I'm not saying that's better than 02. I'm just saying from a, from a cultural standpoint, from a significant standpoint, I think SummerSlam 92 might be number one because of what of the whole totality of who you had on the card, what it represented, the changing of the culture going to new generation era, 80,000 people, you're outdoors, and you had the IC belt go on last. That's why I feel 92 is above 2002. It's tough, dude. It's really tough because you can make that same argument for O2 as well. Now, it wasn't you. I think you may have mentioned this. I'm not sure if you did, but mm-hmm. it was also, I think, the only international WrestleMania they ever did. Not, not WrestleMania. I'm sorry, like a big four pay-per-view they ever did. I know they've had in their Survivor Series in Canada and shit, but like I'm talking mm-hmm. about like across the pond in England, another country. They never did another Survivor Series, SummerSlam, WrestleMania, Royal Rumble in any other continent except for north america right aside from that one in 92 so it's it's newsworthy noteworthy for that as well but with o2 it wasn't in england they had an equally great crowd they were in the nassau coliseum which is now defunct unfortunately Mm. they had a great crowd in new york but it also did in a way in a different way than the 92 show signaled the changing of the guard with brock winning the championship for the first time it was off to the races with brock as the face of the ruthless aggression era, which technically, if you really want to be like technical about it, started when Vince said ruthless aggression, mm-hmm. you know, two months earlier when John Cena debuted. Right. But really, I think that the, the, this match and that match, this this pay-per-view <clears throat> officially ushered that in with Brock taking the reins, winning the championship. Sean's first match back in over four and a half years. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal right there. And then just with the rest of the card looking like what it did. I think the only thing I would give 92 the edge to is the environment, even though it, it's it, that. Oh, the 02 one is great. The 92 one is a little bit better. Mm. It did boost the prestige, prestige of the Intercontinental Championship. And the undercard had a bit more star power. Now, the 02 one had Edge, Eddie, Benoit, RVD, Flair, Kurt, Ray, you know, people like that. I think it was Ray's first pay-per-view match, actually, as well, from mm-hmm. WWE, so it's noteworthy for that as well. But, I mean, 92, we've talked about this before, had one of the greatest rosters in WWE history. Purely from a star power standpoint, you still had Macho Man at that point, mm. Warrior, yeah. Hogan, Flair, um, you know, uh, Legion of Doom, Demolition, whatever. Uh, I mean, I don't know if Demolition was there at that point, but you had Legion no. of Doom, you had the Road Warriors. They just had this incredible roster. So when you say what show would, path- would, would people rather watch, I think it's more a matter of who you're talking about, like who you're talking to. Because if it's an older fan, they're probably going to say 92 because there's more people they recognize. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's someone 
Nah, I don't know. I, I guess it really depends on when you grew up. Like if it's someone like in their late twenties, early thirties that grew up on the ruthless aggression era, they're absolutely going to say oh too because it has all the people they you know grew up watching. So again, I think it's it's really tough. There really is no right or wrong answer, and both shows are amazing. But in terms of being more significant in the long scheme of things, yes, I would give you ninety two as that answer, just because as the answer, just because of the main event and the fact that it took place in England and it worked. Um, and we have not seen it since, unfortunately, but it is notable for that as well. And I think, you know, me and you have, have mentioned it in the last 10 minutes where I think the edge I give to O2 is that they, the, 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 the transition from one era to the next was better. So they went from the Attitude Era into the Rufus Aggression Era. Like, holy shit, like, you... you probably the same guys but a little you added more guys to that roster in 92 you're going from golden era of the machos the hogans the warriors and then andres and it, it was a tougher transition because yeah you you had taker and then later comes on razor and diesel and uh you got sean and brett but outside of that that's all you really had and there were a lot of fucking bullshit shows they did from 93 to 95 and it was like me as an old time retro fan. I could tell you, listen, Grant, listen, <laughs> ninety three this, ninety four that, eh, more downs <laughs> than ups. But I think O two had a better transition of guys and stars who kind of held their own and excelled later on with the Rufus Aggression era. No, I agree. I absolutely agree. Again, you look at the roster at that point. Edge went on to become a big star. Rey Mysterio went on to become a big star. Eddie. Um, a lot of the people on that show went on to become world champions. That was The Rock's final, okay, maybe not final, major appearance. I think it was his final SummerSlam that match, though. I don't think he ever wrestled at a SummerSlam again after that because he wrestled a few matches in 03, but that was only going into WrestleMania and coming out of WrestleMania, not at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's actually interesting because when Rock came back in 2011 for that Cena thing, he actually wrestled at all the big four pay-per-views, including Survivor Series, except for SummerSlam. He actually has not made a SummerSlam appearance since that O2 show, which is amazing because it was 18 years ago. The guy's fucking appeared at Elimination Chamber before SummerSlam, which is really amazing to me. Um, but yeah, it's notable for that too. And um, Hogan was actually not on that show, but he did get beat by Brock like, three days earlier on SmackDown. So, mm-hmm. and I think that kind of wrapped up that run for him. So yeah, it was a very significant time in WWE. And I just look at it as being, again, the changing of the guard and Cena had just debuted. He wasn't on that show. Batista Orton were just getting started. They weren't on that show. Evolution didn't really start up until a couple of months later. Um, but still even putting all that aside as a, from a purely entertainment standpoint, you can watch that show any time of the year and be thoroughly entertained, which is why I think it's a glorified success. So we've we've mentioned this guy in the last five, ten minutes, but do you know offhand, sidebar, a little trivia for you, who's main evented the most SummerSlams? Main evented <sighs> the SummerSlam the most. Main evented in uh, the most SummerSlams. It's not Hogan, because Hogan was gone by, I mean, I guess it could be Hogan, because it was, you know, ran from 88 to, um, let's see, when did he leave, 92? I'm going to say probably, I'll say Hogan. How about Hulk Hogan? 
All right, so off off the top of my head, Hogan main event to 88 for sure, 89, 90, it was Warrior and Rick Rude, 91, he made evented, 92, he was not a part of, 93, he was not even in the company, that was, that was Luger and Yoko, he made evented 05 with Sean, so I got four for Hogan. As as being the main event. Mm-hmm. Now I have somebody else who who's main evented SummerSlam eight times. Is that John Cena? No. Okay. Um, now I, I I hope I am one hundred percent right when I say this guy's name. If if you don't guess it, so I apologize. I apologize ahead of time if I get it wrong. But this is the guy I found to be the most main-evented guy in SummerSlam history. So, who you got? Oh, man. It's, um... Most SummerSlams main-evented. I'll give you one hint. He's main-evented SummerSlam six times in a row. Six times in a row? What the fuck? <laughs> and it's not Hulk Hogan? It's not the immortal Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Are we talking about Bret Hart here? Not, no. We're not talking about Bret. Or Sean? No. Wow. Not um, about Sean. You said it wasn't Cena. And we've mentioned his name the last ten minutes. Um. The oh, I'm an idiot. Brock Lesnar, obviously. There you go. Uh, how did I not know that the guy's made it every fucking SummerSlam for like the last decade? That's what I just said. It's six times in a row he made invented from fourteen to nineteen, and he made invented o two and twelve. I'm a moron. Yeah, he absolutely. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I completely <laughs> forgot about that. And it's and in 2013, he had this amazing match with CM Punk as well. He is he is in the running for Mr. SummerSlam, I would say. But yes, um, actually, now that you mention that, mm-hmm. you know, actually, are you going to bring up most wins? Uh, do you know who has the most wins at SummerSlam? It's got to be. Um, John, not John Cena. Um, no. Edge has had a lot. Taker. I mean, they've got to be the top two, right? Undertaker nine. With nine, okay. Taker SummerSlams. I don't remember that well, but Brock has got to be up there too. Brock has got to be three because he won in 02, 2012. Um, Fourteen didn't. Wait, he lost to twenty. 20- 2003, right? Yeah. So, well, yeah. 02, 2012, 13, 14, lost in twenty fifteen. One in 2016, one in 2017, lost in 2018, lost in 2019. So that's six wins right there, uh, which is still a lot. That's still a lot of wins. John Cena has won. Don't know. Let me see. SummerSlam. Let me look it up on it right now. SummerSlam 2003. I thought he had a match with like fucking Booker T or some shit. <laughs> so I got Did Brock. I got Brock winning 0-2, 12, 14. 16, 17. So I got four. Which ones am I missing for Brock? Or does he only have four wins? Can we say that again? So Brock has victories in 02, 12, 14, 16, 17. So that's five. Yeah, you missed 2013. He beat CM Punk. He didn't main event, but he did beat CM Punk that year. Got it. 13. So he has six. Yeah, so Cena most losses but he has won he did win in 04 he beat booker t mm-hmm. in 05 he beat um 
Jericho. So we won two years in a row, lost in 06, won in 07, beat uh, – who did he beat in 07? Oh, he beat Randy Orton. Okay. Lost in 2008 to Batista. Um, lost at 09, won in 2010, so that's four wins. And only lost like the next number of years after that. And he did not win another one until 2017. So that's five wins. So he's probably at close up there as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many won. I don't know how many matches Triple H has won. He'd probably be up there as well. I'd have to really think about that one too. Um, you mentioned a, a, a pretty good line, um, which which was going to be my, my 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 following question. You mentioned Brock could be Mister SummerSlam, so you know we call HBK Mister WrestleMania. And all right, so we're, we're trying to find a Mister SummerSlam. Whether you know Sean's Mister WrestleMania, but I think he's lost more at, <laughs> at WrestleMania than one. But it's just the kind of matches he he's had is legendary performances so we just give him Mr. WrestleMania for Mr. SummerSlam so a guy like Brock who's main evented in seven of those he's five and two do you give Brock the Mr. SummerSlam tagline or is it a guy like Brett the Hitman Hart who I can give you five matches or four matches off off rip right now that could be more legendary matches than Brock Lesnar so do you give that tagline to the guy who's been there the most or won the most or to the guy who's produced the more legendary matches at the show? No, I would go with Bret Hart. Um, I think it would be Bret Hart. I mean, I'm not saying Brock is Mr. SummerSlam. He would just be in the running for it because, yeah, you're right. I mean, Brock has had a lot of great matches at SummerSlam and won a lot of them. Um, the matches, again, offhand with The Rock were great. That, that one was a great match, and he won that. Mm-hmm. The Punk match was amazing. Triple H one was fine. Um, he squashed John Cena. The 2015 match with Taker was really good. The Orton match was kind of a disappointment. The Fatal 4-Way in, in 2017 was all right. The Roman Reigns match was all right. And then last year, the Seth match was actually really good. I would go with Brett, though, because like you said, three matches right off the top of my head that I know were great involving him were the British Bulldog match, mm-hmm. the... Um, uh, what was I going to say? Owen? Fuck. Uh, the Owen Hart match mm-hmm. from 94 was amazing. Right. Um, just on, uh, probably on the level of the WrestleMania match, if not better. That one, and then him and Taker from uh, SummerSlam 97 as well. And I know there's more I'm not thinking of. And I know he wasn't there in 96. Don't know uh, 95. I feel like he faced fucking like Isaac Yankum or some shit. I don't know off the top of my head. Um, did he face Roddy Piper at a SummerSlam or a Mr. Perfect, or is that WrestleMania? Mr. Perfect, 91. Okay, so that's what I'm thinking of. That was a great match, too. Yeah, I'd probably go with them. He technically won in 2010 when that dumb Nexus WWE main event, which was stupid, but he was a part of that technically, and he won. So, uh, yeah, I would probably go with Bret Hart. Um, he has had better matches, although Brock has had some great ones as well. I'd probably go with Bret Hart. So, Bret Hart, SummerSlam, 92. Oh, oh, that's the one. What? You're missing the Hart Foundation demolition at 1990. Oh, of course. Yeah, I wasn't thinking about his tag team matches, but that too, yeah. Well, I, I count that shit. <laughs> oh, no, no, it I'm definitely counts. It just, I just didn't think about it. Uh, SummerSlam 93, Brett beat Doink the Clown. Okay. <laughs> 95, he beat Isaac Yankum. It was Isaac Yankum. Who gives a fuck? Um, 
Did he perform at 89 is the question. Hold up. I'm going back real quick. So I know 90 Demolition, Heart Foundation. 89, Heart Foundation beat Demolition. Also, back-to-back years, Heart Foundation beat Demolition in a two out of three falls match for the tag titles. Back-to-back years. I didn't know they faced each other at back-to-back shows. I, I'm looking at it right now. 1989, hmm. and then they went at it again. I'm sorry. This is 90. Ooh, I fucked that up. 89. Where's Brett and the Hard Hard Found they are uh they lost to the Brain the Brain Busters. I'm sure that was a great match because oh, the yeah. Brain Busters are awesome, so Yep. I don't remember all the top of my head. And then he beat uh, 96 he was he wasn't around. He was gone. He was gone. So 97 was Bret Hart's final SummerSlam. Now he's he was he technically wrestled the 2010, but yeah, before he left in '97, yeah, that was his last one. You 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 really count that bullshit, Graham? Yeah, he was involved in the match officially. He's a part of the, it. It counts as a SummerSlam win. He was involved. He was physically involved in the match. Yeah. He was a participant. So yeah, I, I got to count, even yeah. though it was terrible. He he was Bret Hart. I talk, I talk about Bret the Hitman Hart, man. <laughs> all right, all right. I mean, for the record books, for the record books, it's a win. But yes, in terms of matches, yeah, that was his. He wrestled all of 30 fucking seconds in 2010. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was it was 97 as his last one. I personally feel, and we can go into this section now, as far as underrated SummerSlam matches. I know there's a ton of matches. Um, we, we talk about Brett and the Bulldog and, and, and Brett mm-hmm. Owen and Sean and Hunter. Um, to me, I know there are a few. I know you mentioned them, but if there are some few underrated matches that people need to go see. You know what? Like... You, you might need to check check that one out. Uh, to me, I think Brett and Taker is under. And when it comes to Brett, they're gonna say Brett Bulldog, Brett Owen, and Brett Perfect, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe Demolition and, and the Hart Foundation. I think Brett and Taker from SummerSlam '97 to me is one of my top five SummerSlam matches, if not top six. A very underrated match that that does not get talked about enough. And I think for me, the reason why I put that there because. It, one, it was a, a pretty pretty good match. You get Sean as the referee, and then you kind of split everybody at the end. Like, now they go, the stories you told in the ring led to Sean and Taker having their longtime rivalry. And then it leads to, to Brett being a champion, doing the whole Canada-USA thing down the road. So it kind of like morphed into two or three storylines. That's why I look at it as a whole pyramid totality. So... Um, what are some underrated matches that, that have happened at SummerSlam for you? Oh, man, there's a lot of good ones. Um, I thought Orton and Taker had a really good match in 05. That wouldn't be number one, but that's just one that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, again, the 02 one, the whole show was great. Kurt and Ray, I don't think people really remember that just because the show was dominated by Triple H and Sean and then Rock and Brock. So either Kurt and, Kurt and Ray or Edge and Eddie had a really good match as well. Mm-hmm. Um Jericho and Dolph Ziggler actually had a really good one in 2012 that people probably honestly completely forgot about until we started talking about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a really good match in 2012 that's worth checking out. Um, Ziggler and Miz had a really good opener as well in 2014 for the Intercontinental Championship. Another Ziggler match, 2009 versus yeah. Rey Mysterio. Ziggler's actually had a lot of very good SummerSlam moments. Um, him and Ray had a really good match in 2009. Um, 2011, as I mentioned earlier, Ed, uh, not Edge. Um, Orton and Christian had a great match um, for the World Heavyweight Championship. 
going back before that, um, again, there's, I'm trying to think, I'd really have to go back and, and, and think about it. But, uh, yeah, those are the ones that come to mind from the nineties. Mm. I don't know if it's really underrated, but Sean and razor had a really good match. Um, it was obviously the wrestle WrestleMania rematch from right. uh, 10. Mm-hmm. So, and that show was terrible. <laughs> SummerSlam 95 is one of the worst pay-per-views I've ever fucking seen. But that one match between Sean and Razor was amazing. And it wasn't actually even supposed to happen, I don't think. I think it was supposed to be Sean and, like, Dean Douglas or some shit. And then he left or got suspended or hurt or whatever. And then they put Razor in there. Or maybe it was Sean. Either way, the match was not supposed to happen. And that was the soul-saving grace of that show. Um, yeah, I thought Brock and, and Taker again had a really good match in 2015 before the dumb finish. I thought they worked well together. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Cena and Styles, I don't know if that's underrated, but they had a good match that year as well. Um, Sasha and Charlotte on that same show had a very good match for the Raw Women's Championship. And I'd really have to go back in the last couple of years. Charlotte and Trish had a great match last year too. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't for a championship, but they worked very well together. I'm trying to think of other matches in recent years, but those are just a bunch from the last uh, 20, 25 years alone. Now, I, I I didn't expect you to put it underrated, but you you might still when I mention it, but where do you have the, um, I think it was SummerSlam 2000, the whole Edge, Christian, Hardy Boy, Dudley, the first oh, TLC. I'm an like, idiot. Yeah, come yeah. on, Greg. Come on. That, that's not that's not underrated. That's a right. great, that's just a great match because it's, <laughs> it's technically the first TLC match. Or no, I'm sorry. It's it's it is the first TLC match because the first one technically was at WrestleMania 2000. That's just called a triangle ladder match, right? So that is one of the greatest SummerSlam matches, not underrated. Um, that would probably be man. There's so many great matches. It was obviously in the top ten. I don't know about five. I'd have to really think about it, but it's it's definitely in the top ten. Well, since you 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 had a, a, a moment when you mentioned SummerSlam 95 how terrible it was I have <laughs> I have SummerSlam 95 card right in front of me um, it's not great I'll tell you that much it's not great oh yeah yeah definitely not uh, I, tell me something that I don't know I don't know I'm gonna tell you uh, you got Hakushi beating 1-2-3 kid you got Triple H defeated Bob Holly with Triple H was part of 95 yeah he debuted in April of 95 wow alright Hunter beat Bob Holly Bob Sparkplug Holly. Um, the Smoking Guns beat the Blue Brothers. Barry Horowitz beat the Skip. Bertha Faye beat Alundra Blaze. Taker beat Kama. Bret Hart beat Isaac Yankum. Sean beat Razor. And in the main event, Diesel beat King Mabel. That was SummerSlam 95. <laughs> that main event sucked. <laughs> I remember Mabel and Diesel being one of the worst SummerSlam main events ever, probably next to uh, Taker and Under Under Faker from 94. Oh, oh, Back-to-back, yeah. all-time terrible SummerSlam main events. Okay, so real, so real quick, since we're on main events, I got, I got a couple more things to mention. Um, so we've had 31 main events in SummerSlam history. Hmm. What is your personal favorite main event at SummerSlam? And what do you think is the worst main event at SummerSlam? I know you mentioned Diesel and Mabel, but think about it. What's the worst main event you think in SummerSlam history? 
And you probably use all Mabel. I'm probably going to stick with that answer, to be honest with you. Over Um, Taker and Taker? Actually, you know what? Probably the Taker and Underfaker one. I'd have to watch them (laughs) back back, but that one was terrible. It was a waste of time. What was even worse about that was that they had Brett and Owen on that same show inside of a steel cage. Yes. And it wasn't the main event. Like, come on, dude. It should have been. But anyway, um, when you say favorite, I mean, again, it, it to me, it brings me to the time I've been watching. So I want to say like Brock and Rock or whatever, but I wasn't watching when I saw it. So I wasn't like a fan yet in 02. So I wasn't, you know, I, I don't know if I could say that or like Bulldog and, and, and Bret Hart from 92. The all-time great matches, they would that, that one would probably be number one. Bulldog and Bret Hart if it's not in the top five. My favorite SummerSlam main event um, mm. in the time that I've been watching for the last dozen or so years, okay. about, yeah, a dozen years now, it would it might be that Edge and Taker Hell in the Cell match from 08. Because mm-hmm. I don't know, I didn't watch it as it happened, um, but I was a fan at that point. I remember seeing highlights from it, watching it back years later, fucking loving it. It was a great match. Because in the last ten years, we haven't had a lot of great main events. There's been some really good ones. Um, like 2010 was the dumb Nexus team WWE crap garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, 09 was Punk and Hardy TLC match. That was a great match. They actually had a very underrated match as well. 2011 Punk and Cena was great. 2012 was Triple H and Brock. Yeah, I thought it was good, but it wasn't. Yeah, it was I didn't really care too much for it. <laughs> 2013 John Cena Daniel Bryan. That's going to be on the list of greatest SummerSlam matches of all time. Mm-hmm. That was an awesome match. Uh, 2014 was Brock and Cena complete squash. 2015 was um, Taker and Brock. Very good match. Not my favorite, but very good. 2016, Brock and Orton was a complete disappointment. 2017, uh, 2017, I think it was Brock, Roman, Braun, and Samoa Joe. Great match. Not my favorite. Uh, And then 2018 was um, Brock and Roman. Gives a shit. And then 2019 was, uh, what was last? Earl Rollins and Brock, which was a great match too. So yeah, I'd probably go with Edge and Taker, to be honest with you. I thought they had a really good match. And if mm-hmm. it wasn't that one, then maybe Cena and Brian from 2013. My favorite SummerSlam match period, I think, is Brock and, and Punk from 2013. That was an amazing match mm-hmm. and one of Brock's and Punk's greatest matches of all time. See, this is where I get the I get my pen out, I get my paper, and I say, Graham, we're gonna get <laughs> we're gonna get to it. Uh real quick, I think that CM Punk Jeff Hardy match was, was dope. Uh, SummerSlam 09 TLC match for the World Heavyweight Championship. A very, very. If that's if there's an underrated match, uh, like an underrated feud rivalry going into a SummerSlam, like just to, just to cap it all off, I would say CM Punk and Jeff Hardy um, will be in in that spot. So you just mentioned Brock and seen. I'm sorry, Brock and Punk from th- mm-hmm. from 12 or 13. That was 2013. 2013 was an all-time great SummerSlam, too, I'd say. That's definitely on that list. Oh, oh, Let me go to it real quick. Let me go to it. You said 2013. I got it. 2013. I mean, it wasn't a great match, but, like, Bray had his first match on the main roster as Bray Wyatt. It was an Inferno match. Uh, Christian and Del Rio had a great match. The world title. They had... Um, again, you know, Punk and Cena, uh, Punk and Brock, and then Cena and Brian were enough to make that show amazing. And then on top of all of that, you had Orton cashing in Money in the Bank, the Authority becoming what they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was terrible afterwards, but the moment itself with Orton going heel, Triple H going heel, was unbelievable. So, like, that's that's one of my favorite SummerSlams too. So, 2013, dark match, RVD with Big Show and Mark Henry defeated Dean Ambrose. I'm sorry, uh, RVD beat. Dean Ambrose for the U.S. title. 
Bray White. Yeah, I think it was by DQ, yeah. By DQ. Damn, Graham. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I remember this dumb Shit. stuff. Bray Wyatt beat uh, Kane Ring of Fire match. Okay. Cody beat Damian Sandow. Yeah, we're going way back. Del Rio beat Christian. Submission uh, Natalia beat Brie Bella by submission. Brock beat CM Punk. Dolph beat Dolph and Caitlin defeated AJ Lee and, uh, and Big E. Daniel Bryan beat Cena. And then Randy Orton uh, cashed in on Daniel Bryan. That was 2013. Um, so right now, your top your top five SummerSlam matches, you got Brock and Punk from 13. I need four more. You talking about my favorite or best? Your, whichever way you want to go. Your best, your uh, favorite. Yeah, we'll go favorite because best is there's just too many to count, but. Favorite okay, you know, of you know, Brock you know and Punk you know, 2013. We'll start. Okay, I'm talking about. We'll start with your favorite, and then we'll go after that with the best ones that we've seen. All right, your your favorite. Here you go Brock and Punk. Okay, so in, in no particular order, right. I can't I can't rank them at this moment. But right. Brock and Taker from 2013. Although that would probably be number one. Or actually, no, it's not number one. My number one would be Styles and Cena from 2016. That would be my number one, definitely. And then Brock and Cena, or Brock and uh, Punk. Punk would be uh, two. The rest aren't really ranked, but okay. um, I would put Edge and Taker on that list. I would put Edge Taker. Wait. Um. Oh, this so would get tricky, Graham. Get tricky. I don't know. <laughs> I'd, I'd probably put Brock and yeah, no, Sean and Triple H. I'd probably put on there from O two. Okay. And okay. then. One more. Orton and Christian, probably a number five, I think. That was from... 2011. 2011. So Graham's top five favorite matches at SummerSlam in no order. AJ Cena from 16, Brock and Punk from 13, Edge Taker from 08, Hunter Sean 02, Orton Christian from 11. So, actually, I would probably take out Sean and Triple H just because I wasn't a fan watching it at that point. So, I mean, it would probably be on there, but I don't have an emotional attachment to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, instead, I would I would replace that with, even though the finish sucked, um, Cena and Rollins from 2015. They had an amazing match for the WWE and U.S. titles. Um, so, I'd probably put that on at probably number five just because the finish kind of took away from it a little bit. That's all. Okay. I'm going to go with... Again, yeah, I'm older, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's going to be a completely different list, so I get it. I got I got Sean and Hunter from O2. Again, no order. Sean and Hunter from O2. Mm-hmm. I got The Rock and Hunter from 98, the latter match. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yep, uh, yep, yep. I got Brett Owen from 94. Okay. Oh, yeah, obviously. I got Brett, Mr. Perfect from 91. Of course. And I don't go. Oh fuck! See, like again, I know Brett and Bulldog is probably the greatest SummerSlam match, if not the best Intercontinental Championship match of all time. I do get that, mm-hmm. but as far as to me to watch it over and over and over again, m- maybe not for me, but mm-hmm. I I got Brett Taker from '97. Yeah, well, again, did you watch 92 as a fan live or no? Yeah, but 92, that puts me at nine. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I saw it live. I I, I guarantee it. I guarantee it. 
I mean, you don't have an, as, as an emotional an attachment to that match as you probably do Brett and, and Taker, right, from 97? Well, I, I, again, I see them both obviously live. I just felt – I don't know what it is. I Like, to me – Favor is completely subjective, so right. I mean, yeah, it's, it makes sense. You could say, you could say that you, you you could say one two three kid versus um Abusa, whatever his name is, <laughs> and it'd be like okay, I mean that's your favorite, then whatever. But like you know, no. So I, I think for me it comes down to like let's say I'm home on board, it's raining, and I, I'm in I'm in that mode to watch network. Am I gonna pop up? Brighton Bulldog from '92, uh, maybe not. Am I gonna pop? Yeah, up no, Brent? I understand. Yeah, and Taker, yeah, I, I might. Cause now Shawn Michaels is, is in there too, so I get I get three guys in there, as opposed to Brighton Bulldog, and I know it's the main event all that. But from a rewatchable value, uh, I, I like these five that I have before it. Um, but Brighton Bulldog is definitely up there. Uh, you know, I love the Hard Foundation demolition. I love Sean and Razor from '95. Even the Boiler Room Brawl gets um, overlooked sometimes. At from from '96. Mm-hmm. So no, that was a good one too. Yeah. Um, I never like my favorite main event just to go back at SummerSlam. Favorite main event. Uh, if it's not Brett Taker, main event. Oh man, I know it's not Diesel Mabel. I know it's not Taker and Faker. <laughs> uh, I I like I like Stone Cold and Undertaker from Highway to Hell. That was yeah, that wasn't that was that a good bad. one. I that didn't was, say that one just because um I like the I think Punk and Stone Hardy. Cold has said that it wasn't his favorite. So right, I like Punk and Hardy. I like Brock and Rock. Yep. Um, underrated, underrated, Orton and Benoit. Oh four. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't know if it's best, but yeah, it's no, definitely underrated. underrated. Yeah. Um, man, so many fucking. I, I I like your selection of Daniel Bryan and John Cena. It's a good from, match from thirteen. Uh, to me, that that's pretty much it. But again, favorite is different. But like, if, if you feel like from a general consensus, a general survey of like, all right, the top five SummerSlam matches of all time are who who would you pick? Bretton Bulldog, obviously. Um, okay. That, but honestly, I would probably put Punk and Brock on there. I don't know if it'd be top three, but like, I think it's on there. So you're um, telling me that you ask fam, my age, your age, top five best SummerSlam matches of all time, they're going to put Brock and CM Punk there. I, I, I think they would. I think it's the best match of the last decade. Um Okay. I mean, I think. Oh, okay, you know, I take that back. I take that back. <laughs> if we're gonna throw in a current match, because there's not a lot of current ones I would put on there, I'd probably put AJ and Cena on there first. So, um, that was. If you're not putting that in your top five, then there's something wrong there. It's it's one of the best the company's ever done. So I would put that in the top five. Okay. Brett and Bulldog. Mm-hmm. Um. God, I don't know. There's the issue is that there's a lot of great matches, but what makes a truly classic? You know. Maybe, maybe Taker and Brett, but mm, I don't know. Okay, is Sean Hunter top five all time at SummerSlam? I was, yeah, I was gonna say there's some people that just don't like their chemistry because some of the matches were boring. I thought it was a great match. I thought it was better than Brock and Rock, I like, mm-hmm. I like by a little bit. So, yeah, I'd probably put that up there. I'd probably I mean, put that in the top I five. Mean, listen, I can't man, really think of anything else. I mean, I mean, listen, you got HBK fighting a half hour. 
for, for, for first time in four years. Yeah. Unsanctioned. Yeah, no, 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 yeah, 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 fucking jeans, bro. Man wrestled in jeans for, for a half hour. That's top five. <laughs> yeah, when you put it like that, it's top five. I agree. I agree. Where do you have Brett Owen? Oh, that's five too. I mean, uh, dude, I keep forgetting this stuff, but um, that would be in top five. So okay, Cena Styles. You got that. Brett Owen. Yes. Brett Bulldog. Yes. Um, TLC one, I guess, if you want to call it whatever, from SummerSlam two thousand. And Sean Hunter. Sean Hunter, yeah, I think that's a good top five right there. You got that. That that's you feel those those are the greatest SummerSlam matches of all time, right? I'm confident in that being the top five. Yeah. Uh, just to repeat, Brett Bulldog, Styles Cena, Hunter Sean, Brett Owen, TLC from 2000 is what Graham has as the greatest SummerSlam matches ever. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. I, I'm not listing all the matches from the last five <laughs> years, so I think it makes sense. Nah. Punk and, Punk and uh, Brock would be my honorable mention, personally. I would, me personally, I would have to see AJ and Cena uh, again, which I, which I, I don't mind. Um I know for a fact Brett and Bulldog is there. I, mean, I, know, that has to be, yeah. I know Brett Owen is there for a fact. Mm-hmm. I think Sean and Hunter is there for a fact. Yep. And I guess it becomes subjective. People love TOC1. People love Brock and Rock. People love Taker and Brett. People love Brett and Mr. Perfect. Um, uh, Style Cena. There's so many. Uh, Punk and Hardy. Like, it's so Daniel Bryan, John Cena. Yep. So so many so many areas you can go, but that that shows you, like the the lineage of the show and the impact and legacy it has that it, that it it, it 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 has produced so many, um, classic matches. But I'm not gonna disagree with you if you if you mention these five. Do I have a different five? I, I probably do, but I'll, I'll I'll just stick with your five for now. Yeah, I think it's a solid five. Like I said, there's a lot of there's a lot of ones to pick from, so there's not a lot of bad answers unless you unless you reply to this saying, you know, Mabel and uh, Diesel. Then we're gonna have to. That's, that, right. that's an easy block right there. But other than that, you know, there's not a lot of bad answers. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of wrong answers. I'll say no. I mean, unless you want to put Sean and and, and, and Vader. That's a good one too. Um, underrated. I underrated. I forgot it. That 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 would be underrated. That would be the definition of underrated. Yeah, I agree. One yeah. more before I wrap it up. I'm trying to trying to find one more stat before I wrap it up. Um, <laughs> nah, it's, it's just in my head. Um, what? What were you looking oh, for? Tell me, how are you not gonna put? Wait, wait, hold up. So where's Taker and Edge? I I don't know if that's top ten. Oh, oh, not even top five. Okay. No, definitely not top five. All it's right. a great match, Dude, and I love it personally. But like overall, grand scheme of things, I don't think it's top ten. Double at all. Double maybe, checking. maybe ten, but like definitely not five. Double checking. Double checking. <laughs> Make, making sure. Um, Cena and Batista had a good one too. I thought that was underrated. That was from OA. They had a really good match on that show. I think The Rock and Hunter is. That's- oh, dude, I forgot about that too. Yeah, Come that on, would be up Graham. there. If it's not five, then it's probably six or seven. Okay, so okay, hold up. Last one. Rock, <laughs> Rock or Hunter, AJ John Cena. What's the better match? AJ Cena. I think the latter matches had too much interference. It's a great match, but I think AJ Cena for me. For I mean, I don't know. I say AJ Cena because the match is great, but also for what it meant. Because AJ beat Cena twice in a row, mm-hmm. clean on that show, clean, clean as a sheet, and then he goes on to become the me- the megastar that he is today. 
And it's because of that win. And prior to that, you really had not seen Cena lose clean all that often. Right. And Rock and Triple H, they went on to have even better matches years later. So, I mean, it's a great match. I'd probably put, I would put AJ and Cena for what it meant in the in-ring action ahead of Rock and Triple H. And that won't be a popular answer, but that's just my two cents. Or Rock Hunter, TLC1. Rock Hunter? I'm, I'm sorry, Rock. Rock Hunter, Rock and Hunter, or TLC1. Oh, or t- okay. I was gonna say like I don't remember them having a TLC yeah, match. Yeah, um, TLC TLC one probably. Yeah, I'd have to go back and watch the ladder match. I know some people don't like it just because there is a lot of interference from like the Nation of Domination and DX and stuff. I mean, I I, I hate that type of stuff, but right. it's still a very good match. So I'd have to really think about it and go back and watch them both. It's been a while. All right, last one, Graham. So you know, 30, 30 plus years of SummerSlam. I know we're uh, we're doing this episode in preparation for SummerSlam. I know we'll have some more stuff and anniversaries coming up um, on the podcast. I think next month, the thirtieth anniversary of SummerSlam ninety, the twentieth anniversary of SummerSlam uh, two thousand, uh, obviously the tenth anniversary of SummerSlam twenty ten. So a lot of anniversaries coming up, but what what is your take, your overall impact and legacy of SummerSlam, the show? It's a great show. I really don't think for as many people that still enjoy SummerSlam, it doesn't get the credit it deserves for being a pillar of this company and hosting a lot of great matches, a lot of great moments, launching a lot of careers over the last 30 years. Um, that first one is still a good show, the Warrior Honky Tonk Man moment you mentioned you know, way back when, um, when we first started the podcast. It's a great moment. I actually rewatched it about a month ago. And uh, in the early shows at MSG were cool, so... Yeah, I would say pick and choose. I, I went back and watched every SummerSlam like <laughs> a while ago and one summer, and it was a lot. But um, they are very good shows. I'm looking forward to this year's. Hopefully they can you know, do it on a beach or something or outside of the PC. It's not really yeah. a SummerSlam if it's in front of like friggin' PC recruits. But then again, we get the same thing for WrestleMania in an even worse condition with no fans. So mm. you know, I, I can't complain, but it would be nice if we got something a little more. But yeah, SummerSlam, great show, great lineage. It's amazing. I think it's already been 30 years that it's been around for. And here's hoping they never uh, discontinue it. It, it. it typically lives up to its name as the biggest party of the summer, if they're even still calling it that. But um, yeah, I'm a big SummerSlam guy myself. It holds very special place in my heart it's been about five years since i went to my first one and mm. i can't wait to go back i was very mad that it won't be in boston but i understand why because yeah. i was going to be there this year on the exact five-year anniversary of when i was there the first time so oh well maybe next year hopefully man if they do the the beach route that'll be dope man if they don't the i, I will only accept no beach if they, if they don't do it at the PC. They do it like in front of the in front of the PC outside. Don't have it in the PC, bro. Please. I agree. I agree. They <laughs> you know probably will, but Parking lot. they shouldn't. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Graham Matthews, always appreciative, uh, my guy. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at WrestleRant. Great work for both Bleacher Report and Fan Sided Daily DDT. You can find me on Twitter at Randy J Cruz R E N D Y. The letter J-C-R-U-Z. You can find the Wrestling Basement Podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Grandma, man, thank you, and I appreciate it. Thank you, Randy. I got to get out of this basement. I'm getting a little cold, so take care of it. I'll talk to you next time. (laughs) All right, man, take it easy. All right, adios. All right.